0: Welcome to the Toku Talk Radio. I'm Luke.
1: And I'm Hannah. Uh,
0: We'll get to Shin Ultraman in a second here, but I would just like to address the fact that we did not have an intro episode because, quite frankly, let's be honest, nobody listens to the intro episodes because everyone just wants to get straight to the content. So we'll do a brief intro in this episode first. So we are a podcast for tokusatsu lovers like ourselves. Hannah, what's your favorite tokusatsu character?
1: Um, I don't know Ultraman. I might just say that, but also Godzilla is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, Godzilla's the best. I got to go with uh, the old Goji-man myself. We also might talk about anime from time to time on this podcast.
1: Uh Yep.
0: Yep. Yeah, I what I was going to say <laughs>
1: anime. Yeah.
0: Right now we're rewatching I think both of our favorite anime series Neon Genesis Evangelion so there might be a possibility of episodes revolving around that we will also try our best to review new tokusatsu related projects as they come out Mm -hmm. that we've seen as well as we'll be doing lots of material about older things as well Also, if you like what you hear in this episode and want more discussions on other types of cinema, I'm also part of another podcast called Screen Time Podcast with my good friend Connor. We recently did an episode on the Cornetto Trilogy, which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. That's the last one. Boom. So if you want to, you can check that out. But uh, we're not going to force you to, so (laughs) do what you want. All right, uh, without further ado... Let's get ourselves into Shin Ultraman.
1: Just a heads up that this episode will contain spoilers for Shin Ultraman. So if you haven't seen it, I would uh, recommend watching it before listening to this. So some context to the movie and some things
0: that we will be discussing later on. On to the recap the movie opens with the story of Ultra Q as the prologue. So Kaiju are appearing and humanity is kind of learning how to stop them and we're introduced to the SSSP organization, which in this movie means the S-Class Species Suppression Protocol Reinforcement Unit, Uh, which is a mouthful and I'm not going to be saying that every single (laughs) time. I'm also not going to be saying SSSP every single time because that's also... Not convenient for uh, the tongue, so I will be referring to it as what it stands in the original series as the Science Patrol. The Science Patrol team is founded by the government to specialize in figuring out how to defeat these kaiju threats. A new threat, Naranga, shows up, and the Science Patrol arrive at the scene. Kaminaga, one of the members, discovers a child still unevacuated, so he leaves to go help the child, and uh, a blast from space lands and destroys a forest around Kaminaga and the child, which sends a lot of forest chunks into his back <laughs> um who is shielding the child so good on kaminaga the silver giant then appears from the dust and smoke created by the crash uh, he quickly fires a beam at naranga and he explodes the dickens out of that kaiju let's just say that <laughs> crazy awesome
1: no more of that kaiju
0: nope naranga is no more he then flies off and the science patrol lose him in the sky Kaminaga magically reappears carrying the child safety. It is at this point we are introduced to Asami, a new and excited member of the Science Patrol. She joins and introduces us to each of the members. So Taki is the tech-savvy genius of the team. Funabere is the light-hearted, fun member who's also married. So there's the detail that they give you in the movie. Captain Tamura is the cap of the team, like uh, the cap in the original series. And Kaminaga is Asami's partner or buddy, as she says. Uh, There's also the character of the chief, who is awesome. Kaminaga is acting uh, strange and serious, not rude, but not very considerate of others either. He's asking about humans and calls humanity a herd at one point, which is... Kind of weird. Kind of weird, you know, red flags, but no, that's good. Uh, Another kaiju, Gabora, bursts out of a mountain in a beautiful scene. The government calls for aid from the U.S., who then bomb Gabora, digging in the ground, and it proves useless, and then they leave, charging Japan for all the bombs that did absolutely nothing. Hmm.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice.
0: Yeah. The science patrol are sent to the scene, and they head off uh, towards Gabora. Kaminaga sneaks away and pulls out the beta capsule, which isn't called a beta capsule until later in the movie, but I know it's the beta capsule. Ultraman appears again, and his designs have changed from silver to red so that's cool he fights Gabra, and then the science patrol point out his changing colors from red to green could mean he's running out of energy ultraman punches Gabra straight in the face and breaks its neck and Mm. then uh, flies it away to reduce radioactivity the world now thinks ultraman is a savior so that's great next up we have another alien introduced when the science patrol are in headquarters power shuts off fries their data and then zarab shows up in a glorious trench coat and fedora and was like, oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to destroy your tech there. Let's return that back to the way it was. Uh, he just tells them that, you know, he's got the power to control technology and uh, he like to meet with the government to talk about some, some things.
1: Some government things. Some government
0: things. Um, so basically the government is terrified that Zareb will go to another country. So they quickly meet with them and the prime minister takes a picture, shaking hands. Beautiful. Beautiful scene. Cut to Kaminaga and his acquaintance meeting a car. Person tells Kaminaga the deal that the government made with Zareb, which basically means that Japan will be subordinate to Zareb. So that's not great that they signed that deal but they were scared so that's what they did so then we get Kaminaga about to leave in his car you know his acquaintance gets out but before Kaminaga can leave he places his hand on the gear end we get some scene that would require saxophone music to be better when Zareb gently places his hand on Kaminaga's to stop him
1: you, you thought this movie was about superhero <laughs> Shin Alterman no it's about the romance between Kaminaga and Zareb <laughs> yes
0: a very compelling love story. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zara basically gives us the classic villain monologue that we all love so much. Uh, he says to Kaminaga that it's his job to wipe out the dominant life on a planet that a marker has been placed. So that was interesting. And then he kidnaps Kaminaga and off he goes. All right. Ultraman then shows up, destroys a city. The Science Patrol sees footage of Naga from when he turns into Shino Ultraman early in the movie. So that's unfortunate. And now the government is after Naga, all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Zareb has another meeting with the government and the government's like, you know, I don't actually think that Ultraman is that bad. And I think something else is happening. And Zareb is like, no, Ultraman is bad and he's going to show up again. And that's going to...
1: That's going to mean he's more bad <laughs> than you think he is.
0: Yeah. And then they basically ask him questions about the system that Ultraman uses Zareb says he doesn't know which is or he just said he, he
1: explains Spacium
0: he explains Spacium yeah but they're like what's the what how does he transform and Zareb's like I'm not clear to discuss that with unallianced planets which is important for later in the movie so Asami goes and breaks Kaminaga out he becomes Ultraman fights another Ultraman who showed up in the city and destroying it who is actually Zareb and yeah he slices that bad boy in half. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. That basically ends the Zerub segment. Yeah. Moving on to Mephilus, right? Mephilus starts with Asami and Kaminaga both missing. Okay. And the team, they find Asami and, they're like, oh, I found her. She's giant in the city, which Jeez. is cool for.
1: Little nod to the show.
0: Yeah, a little nod to the show. Same with. Um, Everything else about this movie, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the entire movie, so good. She's uh, the size of a skyscraper now, and walking through the city, they try to talk to her, but she's unresponsive. Then she elbows a building, and then kind of balances on one foot and freezes.
1: Yeah, I don't is, know why she balanced on one foot, but
0: that's uh, because the that happened in the show too, I believe. Oh, really? I think so. When Fuji,
1: I don't remember was that, giant,
0: or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> He freezes her in frame, and we get a, a voice. Let's be like, "Yeah, don't be afraid, but this is just the power that I have." So let's let's talk. Yeah. Later that night, Asami is being studied because she fainted, and it's still giant. And
1: they're doing sciency things. Doing
0: sciency things, and they discover that she's basically indestructible because they're like, "Yeah, saws won't cut through her." Because like the first reaction when she's giant and fainted is to just you know grab some tools and try and damage her. <laughs> skin, which is weird. Anyway, um, Mephilus shows up behind them. He's like, you can refer to me as uh, Alien Zero, because I was here before Ultraman, and I've been preparing my presentation for a while. Basically meets with the government, shows them the beta boxes. They make a deal to get the beta boxes. Kaminaga shows up tells a team that he they want to get the beta box they're like no it'll disobey the government and they're fine with that because like you know it's it's important you know so then kami naga tracks the scent of asumi because it's science data that doesn't do sciencey things uh <laughs> which is a lot of the excuses in this movie for science reasons anyway uh, yeah so he tracks her scent through the plank brain which is said to be uh, like a dimension that the beta box was teleported to the d- delivery site where the deal is being made <laughs> Mephilus is making a deal with the government at a big event Ultraman grabs a beta box and the two of them fight and it's awesome then Zophie shows up and Mephilus gets the heck out of there <laughs> he gets he's scared like eight. he's nope, like nah. I'm out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah which takes us to our finale of the movie so to speak kaminaga is also missing again the team is placed under arrest for disobeying the government the chief discusses their freedom and they go back to headquarters because the chief is the best so kaminaga sits in a forest and zophie shows up he's like hey lipia which is ultraman's alien name you know it's forbidden to merge with uh beings like humans and now you've showed the entire universe that they're capable of being used as bioweapons meaning the beta system works with them. And now other places in the universe, which I th- actually think he refers to as the multiverse multiple times.
1: Oh.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> other races will try to enslave humanity, and uh, that's no good, like what happened with Mephilus, who wanted to give the humans beta boxes so that he could enslave them. So he's like, you know what? That's no good. So here's Zeton, and he will... Let's
1: just kill all the humans, and so then we don't have to worry <laughs> about any of that.
0: Exactly. He's like, you know, they're going to be used for bad things. So let's just kill them all now before that happens.
1: Problem solved.
0: <laughs> like whoa. Okay, you know, th- there could have been another but no. That's what he decides. Human humanity's extinction. Um which is fine, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Kaminaga goes back, tells the team about Zeton. Yeah, you can't actually defeat him, but his defeat is our only option cuz Zoffy won't back off. So he's like I got to do it as Ultraman. So he goes to do it and gets his butt kicked big time, flies back down to Earth, and Zophie's like, hey, back off. And Ultraman's like, nah. And then he crashes in an ocean. Yeah, he crashes in an ocean. Back in the team, they're trying to figure out how to beat this thing. The government has kind of accepted their fate and been like, let's not talk about this. Let's not tell the population what's happening. And let's just exist until we all die because they've accepted what's happening. Taki becomes hopeless because his tech won't work against anything. Um, Yeah, it's basically a real down couple of minutes. (laughs) That's very depressing from the rest of the movie before Kaminaga went (laughs) to go fight Zophie. Nope. Zet-ton. <laughs> Zetton Before he left to go fight Zetton He left a flash drive behind right? And when Taki is like oh, Ultraman didn't work and all this stuff Everything's hopeless and drink some alcohol As the subtitles say is <laughs> like actually I don't think Kami Naga thinks of that Here's a flash drive And he's like where has this been Why did you just introduce it to me now <laughs> Why not when he left did you not take the flash drive And be like hey let's see what's on it right now Because this might be important but that's fine. No, uh, she just <laughs> stared at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: anyway, um, they figured it out, and it turns out that it's human... Human...
1: Human! <sighs> human.
0: <laughs> they find out that it's...
1: Math <laughs> Math things that can help them.
0: Yeah, math, math things that can help them. It's mathematical yeah. equations of the Planck brain and how to kind of... Is, something about it. I, don't know. I never
1: understood what it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought math things. It's, it's, math things, it's the yes. equation
0: for the plank brain converted to human mathematics. That's what I was trying to oh, say. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Kaminago's like, hey guys, all's not hopeless. Here's an equation. Figure something out. And Taki's like, oh yeah. And basically, he yeah, has a VR session. Then they figure out how to send Zeton into the plank brain. Kaminago wakes up at some point here in a hospital bed. And I just got to ask how the heck did they find him? He crash lands. Yeah, okay. He goes to space to fight Zeton and then crashes into the ocean. So it might not even be anywhere near Japan because he goes to space and flies around there for a bit. So he could have entered at a completely different spot and been on a completely different part of the world. Yeah. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> he crash lands in the middle of the ocean. He unconscious. Used the How did power they of find him? To find him. How did they find? You know what? It's fine. Yeah. But anyway, he wakes up, goes to the team, and they're like, hey, this is how you defeat Zeton. You just need to basically press the beta capsule a couple times and punch him, and he'll send you there. So he does that. We get an epic sequence of him flying through a black hole. Sophie gets him after Ultraman is sucked into the black hole, and they're basically floating around an orb of red and colors and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And so he's like, hey, you got to go back to Nebula M78. The planet the of planet light. The planet of light. There you go. You got to go back to the planet of light because, you know, you broke the code and merged with these people. And now you got you to gotta be on trial for what you've done. And Ultraman's like, well, that kind of sounds like a bummer. So instead... Uh, how Can about, I just
1: stay on Earth? <laughs> can
0: I stay on Earth? And he's like, no, nah, you got to go back. And he's like, okay, well... Then how about you give my life to uh, Hayata? Whoa, no, not Hayata. That's no, the original that's series. The how about you give my life to... Uh, Kaminaga. Kaminaga. I was about to say Shinjuro, too. Like, <laughs> not wrong that's Ultraman. That's the anime. Uh, okay. Mixing Kaminaga. up all the Ultramans. Yeah. How about you give my life to Kaminaga? And Zofie's like, why? <laughs> and uh, Ultraman's like, you know, just because, you know, I've learned about humans and they're... They're pretty cool. They're, they're pretty cool. You know, they're young and I'm really, really old. So let's give them a chance. And Zofie's like, you know what? I actually am surprised about the resilience and they actually beat Zetton. So sure, I'll, I'll let you do that. Kaminaga wakes up. The team welcomes him back. Credits hit and... Oh, it says Ma- Kenobi. <laughs>
1: Kenobi, You're, I have it written down. Do
0: Kenshi, Kenshi Yonazu, his song M87 blasts in all its full glory, and that's the movie. Yeah. Great. Yeah. All right, let's talk about what you liked. What What did you like about this movie?
1: Well, I enjoyed the episodic format. It felt really like a fresh take, like something movies don't really do very often. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool to be like every new segment was a new villain, kind of. It was cool.
0: It was super cool.
1: I mean, I also liked the uh, designs of the kaiju and aliens, mm-hmm. and how they felt very similar to like the original, while still being new and that's true. Moderner, moderner, moderner. more modern design, more <laughs> modern
0: design, but still looking like they could definitely be suits. Yeah, it was awesome. All right, I'm gonna go back to the episodic format. I think that it it worked for me. Some people have a problem with the the fast episodic pace. Which, I mean, yeah, maybe it is breakneck pace and maybe it could improve of having a little longer runtime. And I don't like saying for more time to breathe, but just maybe have a little more personal time with some of the characters. Like we did get some of that. Yeah. And it was really good, but maybe a little longer run time. But I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie too. You know, the episodic format, many episodes right after the other. Yeah. And it, it's cool because it feels disconnected or disjointed until Mephilus. Yeah. And then you're like, "Oh. Oh, you're these episodes these, together. these
1: episodes work together." Yeah. They're not just random episodes.
0: I mean, if it if the episodic format didn't really work for you, that that's fine, you know. If maybe that's just not your thing.
1: Not your cup of tea.
0: But I thought it was really cool and a unique experience like you said from a lot of other movies. And definitely makes for a a watch that isn't entertaining. A very entertaining watch, yeah, and doesn't really feel like any other superhero movie, which I think is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, comparing this to Evangelion, let's talk about that. I think it felt a little bit more so episodic than the first Rebuild movie. Yeah, no, Be- I because agree. the the first Rebuild movie is the the first six episodes of the the series mm-hmm. as a movie, and they fight multiple angels and that. But which the way is pretty it's cool.
1: formatted, it still feels more like a movie than actual episodes
0: I guess yeah, that's true, I mean like bit. in
1: some ways it kind of feels like episodes but Shin Ultraman yeah. definitely more feels like episodes
0: yeah well, uh, yeah I think that's kind of cool both written by Hideaki Anno so that was pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah we watched this movie 3 times in theaters, so yeah. it was really interesting to have the first experience. Well, I don't I don't know what it was like for you, but for me the first experience was I didn't really put all the connections that all the episodes were connected together for the first time. Yeah. But the second time I was like, "Oh, I think I get this now." It felt more like a an arc throughout the movie. It has a bunch of mini arcs that all come together to make one arc, yeah. which is pretty cool.
1: Well, more for me, it was the third time watching that I got it. Yeah. <laughs> the second time the I was really tired. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, was it was really late. late. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. So I wasn't really connecting things.
0: <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Also, and I like subtitled more than dubbed, but there's a lot of science dialogue in this movie, yeah. which like Evangelion and it's
1: it gets confusing it gets
0: confusing but that's okay
1: but then when we watched the dub it kind of cleared up the confusion yeah although like uh, I didn't <laughs> understand the plank brain until your summary <laughs> oh yeah yeah the plank brain <laughs> I still brain. had no clue what it was yeah wow. uh, on the topic of on the of the dub let's compare the uh subtitled versus oh, yes. the dub
0: All Right. what were what were your initial thoughts going into the dub
1: um, going into the dub, I have to be honest, I didn't have a high expectation for it, because <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have, I have seen some bad dubs. Ultra I have,
0: Man on Netflix? Oh,
1: that one is oh boy. probably the worst. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, <laughs> but, and, um, like you said earlier, I still definitely prefer the sub over dub. Yeah. But this dub was, like, such a good performance. Like
0: Yeah, pretty well done. It was, like... In terms of dubbing, anyway. Well,
1: yeah, I guess. Like, if it it was, like, that was the actual movie and that was the actual actors, I would probably be a bit confused. But compared to... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Oh,
0: that's it? Okay. (laughs)
1: Compared to some of the really bad dubs I've seen, it was actually pretty good.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like it was good because... Well, they've all done dubbings before. And that doesn't mean that they're good because they've done it before. But it just... They've had experience in the world of dubbing, Mm -hmm. and I feel like they all just had fun with it. Yeah. Like, they they all just went for it. I don't feel like any of them took it. I feel like you can tell. Yeah. Like, you could definitely tell in their performances. Like, the chief is so funny in the dub, because he's just so different. He's just so...
1: (laughs) Completely different character, basically. He acts funny. Yeah.
0: And, I don't know. And
1: he's super serious in the sub, kind of. Well...
0: No, he also is joking around. And yeah, so He's but like, just a joking character, I love it.
1: I'm getting mixed up with a different character. The one that, like, keeps telling Kaminaga that he should come to their office or something like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The captain? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tamera. not the chief. Not the, the captain. captain. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, there weren't any performances that I strongly disliked in the dubbing. I mean, some were definitely better than others. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I felt As- Asami wasn't the best out of them all. No. Who's kind of like
1: one of the the main, main one. She's yeah. basically
0: the main character of the movie. Yeah. Like the main member, because uh, that's basically who we follow the most. Follow. Yeah, the most experiencing all the, these events happening. Would you like to talk about your favorite scene in the dub?
1: My favorite scene in the dub. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, I love that scene so much. Okay, so when, wait, what? what, Gabora. Gabora, when Gabora shows up, there's a guy on the bridge (laughs) there and he's very passionate about getting these people off the bridge, just screaming the top of his lungs that everyone should get off the bridge. And because it's like a wide shot, so like nobody's close to the camera, it feels very weird because the voice is like, Echoing, like it's so loud. I love that scene so yeah, much. It's, it's so, so good. beautiful.
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of the crowd shots all work like that, where yeah. they were far away from the camera, but the voices were as loud as people in close-ups. It was so it weird. It was very weird. Obviously, you still get the uh, the jarring sensation of first watching it, and the Mel's uh, the like Mel's. not lining up at all. And I don't want to be the guy who's like, "Oh, their Mel's don't line up," so it's the worst. You well, know, it's not the worst. But with a language like Japanese and dubbing it in English, they do not, not match close up at all. At all, not even close. Which, like dubbing anime, they're
1: animated, so
0: animated. It doesn't yeah. take you out of when it, it does
1: the generic, not generic, but the like standard. Yeah, mouth animation.
0: Yeah, but like live action, you've, you've still got the problem of yeah. it. it looks really weird at first.
1: Yeah, but then you get used to you it. You do so get used to it. It's not really a big deal at all.
0: Yeah. Also, the aliens all have probably the best dubbings I've heard ever. <laughs> like, they're all so good.
1: Yeah. And the mouths line up perfectly. And, like, uh, <laughs> the roars in, like, the different languages. <laughs> no, I did
0: you mean the kaiju? I meant the, the al- like, Mephilus and Zerub oh, and Zophie. I thought you were making a joke. <laughs>
1: Like oh yeah, Gabora. So good confused, dub. like their
0: mouths line up, and uh, you were like completely. I was like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs>
1: the roars. <laughs> I was very confused. I thought you were making a joke.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Oh,
1: man. Yeah.
0: No, like Zareb has a really good dubbing, who sounds like Jack Black sometimes. He, he's not. Oh yes. Close, but like I. That's he's what got the I. Same thought. kind of vibe. Yeah. Like if Jack Black was trying to do a creepy voice, that would be what it would sound like.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he put on a fedora. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh, the fedora is perfect. But no, Zareb was really good. Mephilus was really good too. I think they're definitely better in the subtitle. In the subtitle, you get the the legendary Kenjiro Tsuda as the, the voice of Zareb, who has done lots of things, including not his first Ultraman role. Because he also was Agent Adad in the Netflix anime. So, there oh, you go. Nice. Oh, with the dubbing, Ultraman and Zophie are both British. And everybody <laughs> else has just an... It's
1: so weird.
0: Not a, not British. Everyone else is not British, yeah. But they're British, which I think was kind of cool, honestly. I mean, it kind of fits it. they're. It,
1: it was confusing at first.
0: Yeah, I was like, oh, I guess they can get people with different accents dubbing. I just am used to just yeah, the... Yeah, American. American accent i guess Mm -hmm. but i did think that that was pretty cool it would have been weird if ultraman had a a, was british but sophie didn't yeah but i thought that since they were both british i don't know maybe they're
1: from a different planet so maybe they have british British, yeah yeah great britain
0: (laughs) yeah i'll just like to add sub versus dub subtitled is definitely better the japanese Mm -hmm. audio is definitely better because you get the performances that match like vocally and visually visually yeah, because some of the dubbing, they're like saying something in a certain tone, and their face does not look like they would be talking in that tone, which is fine. That's a dub for you. What else do you want to talk about that you liked?
1: Well, I think since it's a Shin Japan hero film. Oh, yeah. Which the previous Shin movies were like. The purpose of them was kind of to like imitate the original's feel to them, like yeah. but do it in like a new kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I think we should talk about how Sheen Ultraman compares to its original series from 1966. Huh? So I felt that a lot of the shots of Sheen Ultraman just were like perfect imitations of the original, mm-hmm. like shot for shot in some cases, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> like the w- orb in, with sophie and ultraman yeah that was literally shot for shot it was that beautiful was perfect.
0: or when he's fighting gabara and the the spiral drill on his oh, face yeah. is going down and ultraman is moving it from side to side of his head and i'm like this yeah. is just like the thing It yeah. was awesome um on the topic of cinematography all of the ultra series mainly the the first era as well as the second era too A big part of it has been uh, experimental filmmaking in terms of special effects and whatnot, but I'm also like camera angles and Mm -hmm. everything. Like there are some shots in the original series that are just really beautiful to look at, which is pretty funny because they're also like some of them are paired with an episode where the SSSP are trying to stop a giant blob monster that just (laughs) doesn't move. So they shoot a (laughs) rocket into its butthole. And they specifically say, aim for its butthole. It becomes a balloon and floats into space. And then some of the shots in that episode are like, oh, this is really well done, which is really funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's the, the feelings. Yeah, it's a great show. But yeah, and so in Shin Ultraman, Shinji Higuchi has been really well known for his experimental camera work mm-hmm. and everything, which is a lot in this movie. There's lots of unique looking shots yeah. that again make it for a really unique movie.
1: Like how some of the shots were shot with like um, an iPhone camera, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you can tell which shots because of the quality. I think it was yeah. kind of cool to see the experimentation.
0: I think it's definitely cool to see him figuring things out. Yeah. I just don't understand what the iPhone thing is, though. Yeah,
1: because a lot of the shots could be easily done with a normal camera, so... Yeah, they
0: make plenty of cameras small enough to get into yeah. the weird angles. Yeah, I just didn't understand it. Like, he was talking about liking to use iPhones to film. He was really proud of that, too, because he's like, it's a really cool thing that we're, we're trying out. So I was really excited to see that. But some of them were just not good quality video, which is fine. Yeah. It didn't make me hate anything. I just wasn't my favorite part about the movie, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, but... It's, it was so
0: cool to see him yeah. figuring things out. And
1: yeah. it's easy to look past, like... It, yeah. yeah,
0: which I still got to watch the live-action Attack on Titan movies, which are so... Divisive, Yeah, because some people hate them and some people like them, but I just want to watch them to see his techniques used and special effects to make the, the Titans look the way they do, which I think is pretty cool. So, yeah. Anyway, that's another topic. Back to comparing it with the original series. Shin Ultraman is an extremely faithful adaptation of the show, but it also has places that differ from the show, making it a new experience from the show, not just the show, but with fancy. Better effects. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't say better, I would say newer. (laughs) Newer. (laughs) Newer newer effects, different effects. Yeah.
0: Well, the obvious one is Zophie is not antagonistic in any way in the original series. And actually, Zophie in this movie is based on misinformation printed in, a, I think, a magazine in Japan back in the day. That said, Zofie was the mastermind behind... <laughs> Zetton in the original series yeah which is not true at all <laughs> but it, Zophie shows up yeah. after Zetton kills Ultraman basically yeah. and is like hey I've got two lives with me so here's one and I'll give one to Hayata because you want me to mm-hmm. and let's go back
1: where did he where did he get those <laughs> lives what,
0: what does that mean what do you mean you have did two he, lives did he like kill some did people you, did you who did you sacrifice for these <laughs> lives or or in the planet of light do you just have spare lives floating around in a like a refrigerator or something you like, oh, <laughs> gotta grab some lives to go in case I need them, but also, why did you bring two lives? Did you anticipate this was gonna happen? <laughs> You're like, yeah, Ultraman's gonna die. I, I don't before think I get we there. were <laughs> supposed to look this deep into no, 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 it. No, okay, <laughs> <But I'll laughs> I think they just
1: did it because it's fun. Yeah,
0: no, it's good. You, we can't pick out all the little things, yeah, about Ultraman because, like, the original series it was made in the 60s and I love all of it (laughs) it's it's so so beautiful it's beautiful which actually Asami says she goes so that's Ultraman Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm like, that's the most relatable line in any <laughs> movie I've ever watched. <laughs> I was like, same here.
1: I have never resonated more with <laughs> a line. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh. Something that I'm wondering is what is the deal with Kaminaga and Ultraman? So, in the original series, Ultraman crashes into Hayata's plane. It's like, oh, sorry about that. Didn't mean to kill you. Let's, I'll merge with you and uh, save your life. And then, to my understanding, it was Hayata throughout the show until he needed Ultraman and then opened the beta capsule, and that was...
1: And that was Ultraman.
0: But at the end of the show, he, he doesn't remember anything after Ultraman separates, so maybe it was Ultraman in control? I in think New it Death was planet.
1: Ultraman's memories in control, Maybe.
0: Maybe. But then I also don't understand. Ka- or
1: maybe he just took Hayata's memories because he was like, no, I don't want you to keep those. Maybe. They're for me and me only.
0: Or maybe just the process of being merged and unmerged with the yeah. alien being messes with your brain. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very real which, possibility. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably that. <laughs> but yeah, so Kaminaga dies and Ultraman saves him, mm-hmm. I think. Or steals but Kaminaga's a new
1: body. body.
0: Yeah, because Kami Naga's dead body is sitting there in the forest when he's looking at it. But then it also disappears after Sophie leaves.
1: Maybe their consciousness fully merged then.
0: Maybe. Something like that.
1: Something? I don't know.
0: Let's call it, let's call it that. Yeah. Anyway, you're not supposed to read into it too much, so Yeah. I'm going to stop doing exactly that.
1: Yeah, it, it gets too complicated. <laughs>
0: Just let it be. Yeah, there are lots of similarities to the series. Like you said, shots and fights. Uh, locations during those fights are very similar. Mm-hmm. Not the Zeton fight, though. No. <laughs> um, that's in space. That's in space. It was not in space in the original series. No, it was not. <laughs> it was at the SSS headquarters. That would be way too much
1: money for the people <laughs> making the, the, the show.
0: Yeah, which they had seen in space. But to have a fight scene in space.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, they did not have the budget for that in the sixties. <laughs> they
0: could have done it though. It could have been those a, little string the, guys. Yeah. That would have actually <laughs> been awesome. acted pretty beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> for another time. And we would be here all day talking about every single Easter egg in the movie. So yeah. we're not gonna do that.
1: Um, what else did you like about this movie?
0: Here's something I thought was really cool, and is actually something that a lot of people have complained about that I liked other than the episodic format, is the exclusion of many kaiju and aliens from the series. And I'm mainly speaking of Balton. I'm sorry. Balton's I love... beautiful. Balton is awesome. He's one of the best. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay that he wasn't in this movie. Because they specifically picked um, all of the enemies for Ultraman that they did.
1: They didn't want you to sympathize with the aliens.
0: Yeah, they didn't want you to sympathize with the aliens. They wanted them to be purely evil. Yeah. Which is what they said. And some of them aren't even purely evil.
1: Like Zareb? Like, is he not really super evil in the show?
0: In the show? Yeah, he's evil in the show. He's like, Earth is my brother, so let's chill. Oh, and yeah. then I'm going to take you over. There's yeah, lots of villains yeah. like that, and that's kind of who they went for, which was cool. Like mm-hmm. Mephiles, Yeah. who's based on uh, Mephistopheles, oh. aka Mephisto.
1: <laughs> Mephisto confirmed. Mephisto
0: confirmed.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, the next the, the, Shin movie is gonna be Shin Mephisto. Shin Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't yeah. wait.
0: <laughs> which is uh, the. German? I think it's German.
1: Huh? Mis- Mephistopheles?
0: Mephistopheles?
1: Oh, that was an actual legitimate thing. I thought Yeah, you that's, were just... no, that's real. Oh, I thought you were just tying <laughs> it Mephulis to
0: Mephistopheles. Char- character is based on the, I believe, German folklore. <laughs> so... <laughs> I thought you were just
1: tying it to Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's cool. But if Balton was in it, we would have felt bad for him. Like we feel bad for him in the show, uh, yeah. which is not what they wanted, and I respect that. I did say I liked that they excluded some kaiju. However, however, okay. Where's Pigmon?
1: Yeah, no, we needed Pigmon.
0: <laughs> Where's Pigmon? That's Even my... if
1: he was just in the background waving his little hands yeah. with his balloon. I just. I, I would have been happy. I needed Pigmon. <laughs> oh. Pigmon is my favorite kaiju in the show. Yeah,
0: Pigmon rules. (laughs) Pigmon's everybody's favorite kaiju. Pigmon's the best. We
1: watched him die twice. I know. I know. It made me so sad.
0: So sad. (sighs) Uh.
1: I have never felt more sorrow for a character.
0: (laughs) Yeah, than Pigmon. Oh, Pigmon. My beautiful little buddy. Anywho, I also thought it was really cool that Ultraman wasn't overpowered. Because the movie starts oh, yeah, he's definitely beating these kaijus so quickly. Yeah. Which was cool, but I'm like, I hope he doesn't do that with the aliens. And then he fights Zara, and the fight goes on for longer than it should. Yeah. All right, that's not true. Not should, longer but Longer like,
1: than skill should. Yeah, based on their Alterman skill levels. way more skill. He
0: just, he, he fires his, uh, oh I don't know what it's called.
1: The spinny blade.
0: The spinny blade at Zara, and he just gets cut in half. I'm like, why? But I like that I said, why don't you do that sooner? Because that's every episode of the series. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, why would you fight if you could just finish them in one move? It's yeah. awesome. It's One of the appeals of Ultraman. Yeah. But then he fights Mephilus and he would have lost if Mephilus didn't get scared of Zophie and leave. Yeah. Because Mephilus is like, yeah, yeah you're going to die. You're running out of energy and I can, I'm fine. But then he's like, whoop, bye. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just get scared of Zophie.
0: Yeah. And then the first time, yeah, yeah. he was so intimidating. Oh man, awesome! And then when Ultraman fights Zetton, he loses so quickly. Yeah, the first time. Yeah, so I thought that was cool.
1: And then he also loses the second time, kind of.
0: Yeah, he yeah he doesn't. He
1: gets sucked in by the black hole.
0: Yeah, and he can't fly away, and then he dies.
1: Yeah.
0: Basically, I don't know. He dies in the original series, so I'm just. Associating the two.
1: He doesn't die, but Sophie kills him basically because <laughs> he's like,
0: oh, that's true. I'm just going
1: to take your life force and put it into him yeah. instead of letting you guys exist.
0: Ultraman <laughs> gets off to a really good start and then just keeps losing for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Uh, no, it's good. Which I didn't actually realize that he died in the original series.
1: No, me neither.
0: Until watching a video about it. <laughs> And realizing that yeah, Zeton just aims for his color timer and blows it up, which yeah. killed Ultraman. Well, that's cool. Anyway, that's not Shin Ultraman, that's just a thought I had. Yeah, what else do you like about this movie? Is there anything else you wanna talk about here?
1: Well, I feel like this has to be talked about. Um the music.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: The music. Whew. A lot of the tracks are reused or unused tracks from projects that Chiro Segasu worked on before Shin Ultraman mm-hmm. that they just used, but even so, they like fit like so perfectly. They do. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah. And it's cool because for the first part of the movie, it's all... Aside from a track from Shin Godzilla and a track from Evangelion. It's all either re-recorded or uh, re-edited songs from the original series. Mm-hmm. And it's so awesome.
1: It's so beautiful.
0: When the Science Patrol move out yeah. and it plays the, the song that plays in the original yeah. series.
1: Their, like, theme. Oh, so it's good. so epic. So
0: good. Or it plays Ultraman's theme. Not the opening, but the his fight theme when yeah. he starts fighting Zareb. Actually, when I said they include Baltan, Baltan isn't without reference because the aerial battle where Ultraman fights Mm Zerub is (laughs) inspired. Inspired, it like it's calling back to the aerial battle where Ultraman fights Baltan, and it plays the music where Ultraman fights Baltan. So that's cool. And then when Mephilus shows up, snaps his fingers and shows the beta box, it's just basically all just Shiro music yeah. from then on. Oh, I mean, there's a couple of reused from the original series, I believe, after that, too. But it's mostly new sure. stuff. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's so and good. It's so awesome. Oh, it's so good. I already commented about this in at the end of the recap, but M87 is just an absolute bop. Oh, yeah. It's so good.
1: I love it so much.
0: So good. Going back to the beginning of the movie, let's talk about that opening sequence, the prologue, the Ultra Q prologue of the movie. From the beginning of the movie, it opens with like a, a new Ultra Q uh, swirl oh, yeah. and then it says Shin Godzilla and then it says Shin Ultraman yeah. fantasy tokusatsu movie. <sighs> oh, it's so funny. I love that it said oh, Shin Godzilla.
1: It was, it was perfect.
0: <laughs> so good. Like how it says because Shin Godzilla was the yeah. the previous Shin movie Mm -hmm. before Shin Ultraman and then Ultra Q was the show before Ultraman and it plays the Ultra Q logo before every episode of Ultraman
1: yeah when it started I just felt like I was watching the show again
0: I know it was so good smile from ear to ear the whole time and then the Ultra Q theme playing over the prologue
1: oh yes that theme is so amazing
0: that's, that's where it's at you know yeah, and I thought what was cool was the first shot of the movie is Gomez. Gomez, yeah. Kind of, it's cu- it's cool because yeah. Gomez is the first Kaiju in the Ultra series. The first episode of Ultra Q is uh, with Gomez. Yeah. I, thought, I just I just gotta say that this is the most Easter egg and nostalgia filled movie I've ever seen. And
1: it's perfect. And it's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so good. Like
1: usually when people talk about fan service they mean it like in a negative way yeah but this is definitely not
0: no this is so good it's also appealing for non-fans of the ultra series as well you know you don't have to get the references to have yeah. a good time with this movie um when we went you and me went to the first showtime, and then yeah Getting ready for the second show time, waiting for the, the time to start. Connor, who I've been doing the other podcast with, showed up and surprised us. And he has never yeah. seen anything Ultraman and didn't know anything besides what I had talked about. Um, and he said that he liked it. So, yeah. said it was a lot of fun. So, there you go. The movie also has just solid humor throughout, you know? Yeah. It's just really funny. And in jokes that seem like they wouldn't be. Yeah. But it just, it is, you know? Yeah. And the tone is definitely silly. Yeah. And it's a blast. Well, it's silly for most of it until Taki has an emotional crisis and the movie starts getting depressing for a little bit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah, much like the original series, as you said, it replicates the feeling of that. Yeah, it also isn't afraid of having serious moments, like Taki having an emotional breakdown. Mm -hmm. Um, That's such a good scene.
1: That is an amazing scene. Uh,
0: His performance, I just...
1: I'd probably say he's my favorite in the movie. He's so good. I might, yeah, I might... I don't know. We'll revisit. We'll revisit. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs>
0: there's some good there's some good parts of the movie. When he, he's losing hope, he's like, Yeah, humanity is weak and we can't do anything because Ultraman is the only way to do it and nothing works anymore. It was a lot like the scene in the original series where Ide, who's the the tech savvy guy, the inventor on the team, is having a breakdown and like saying his weapons don't work anymore because Ultraman is the only thing that Mm -hmm. works against Kaiju and he's freaking out and Hayata's there and he's reassuring him and everything, so yeah, that reminded me of that a lot. Very well done performance and that was one scene where I was like, hmm, that wasn't nearly as good in the dub. Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah, the performance is definitely better in the Japanese version but he loses hope and Ultraman who's the symbol of hope makes sense that Naga is the one to help him regain his hope when he shows him the stuff on the flash around like you know what you can do it mm-hmm. gotta put your mind to it good stuff which then kind of leads me into my next portion that I want to talk about is the characters and their messages because despite what people say about it it isn't just mindless entertainment it is a lot of entertainment but it isn't without meaning. You know, it isn't devoid of the meaning. Yeah. Much like all of Hideaki Anno's works are really awesome and the cool factors just dialed all the way up. But he's got a lot of clever and meaningful writing behind all the characters and everything. So let, let me uh, share with you what I'm what I'm thinking here. So this is the aliens. All of the aliens display their message and point that they're trying to get across. And here's here's what I think about that so the first kaiju ultra cute kaiju as Mephisto mm-hmm. says is the very basic kaiju movie lesson humanity's self-destructive tendencies lead to kaiju which is a fair point not that I'm saying we're gonna get kaiju now but like kaiju <laughs> are coming it, it's a fine message you know being like hey get better humans because it, yeah. it's true Um, but it's just been done a lot and we get that again which I'm not complaining about then Zareb, he kind of shows how governments can be too quick, envious, or irrational when faced with the possibility of losing their power mm. because he kind of makes them feel powerless. Yeah. Well, Mephilos makes them feel powerless through Zareb, which we'll yeah. get to. And how governments and people can be perhaps too prideful of themselves. Like how they all boasted, like, oh, I always knew Ultraman was bad when he shows up. <laughs> I'm like, no, you didn't. Stop talking. Or he's like, oh, yeah. I always knew Zareb shouldn't been trusted. I'm like, no, you, you no. should have spoken up then. Come on. Mephilus is the big one, right? He's kind of telling us what all these previous enemies' messages are Mm -hmm. and relaying that to us, being like it was all my idea and plan to use these guys to take advantage of humanity's shortcomings. He's like, so I've used what I could obtain on this planet, including Zareb, By having them fight you, I made humans feel physically powerless. Revealing the beta system made them feel intellectually powerless. I wanted them to learn firsthand their dependence on the mighty. You've been instrumental in instilling humanity, my idealistic notion of unconditioned obedience to extraterrestrial life. Okay, so mephilis is like humans are susceptible susceptible. when they feel weak and incompetent. Just the idea of when we feel powerless, we get scared and hopeless maybe uh don't be too prideful and susceptible to things and maybe be able to think for yourself Mm -hmm. so Zeton also plays on how we feel when we feel powerless But this is less of the we're susceptible to manipulation and more of we get overwhelmed by hopelessness and how that can really bring us down. Like Taki, he just loses all hope and fails to operate his mind anymore and resorts to giving up because he's overwhelmed. And Ultraman is kind of the the counter message to all of these things about how, oh, humanity is bad. Ultraman shows us holding on to hope during those times is enough to help us regain our momentum and come out on top. You know what I'm saying? Like Taki does. He's also the symbol of the importance of selflessness and self sacrifice to the better of others, which is something I love about Ultraman. He's a classic superhero, just doing good things because he believes that's what he needs to do and that's the right thing to do. Yeah. But just something going back to the basics. That's just very, very charming about the Ultra series. Yeah. Ultraman also explains what he's learned about humanity because he wants to understand them, as he says in the movie. And he tells Zofie that humanity, while destructive, dangerous, and selfish, is also precious, beautiful, and worth protecting. Yeah. And that's basically the point of this movie. I think it was really well done in a way that isn't just, oh, humanity's bad and everything. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's telling them to me with a hopeful message through a very entertaining movie. That's just yeah. a lot of fun. That if you don't want to listen to the messages, you don't have to. You
1: can just have fun. You can just
0: have fun. But also, if you want to dig deep into Anno's writing, there's definitely meaning there. Now, I think we should talk about the Shin Japan Heroes universe that this movie is a part of. Really quick.
1: Disclaimer. <laughs> a
0: disclaimer. Shin Ultraman is not a sequel to Shin Godzilla. I have read so much online and watched so many videos where people go, um, following up with Shin Godzilla, a couple years later, Shin Ultraman takes place. And <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. No.
1: That's not how it works. It's not a
0: sequel, okay? You know what? Let me just tell you why it's not a sequel with the text that I sent to Hannah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What text are you thinking of? Here we go. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay, so... This is your lovely rant.
0: Yeah. Okay, here we go. The Shin Japan Heroes universe is an amusement world. Yeah. (laughs) And a thing created in Japan for merchandising to sell things and Do make get money. money because they're all connected under the name of having Shin. Shin at the beginning of their title and Anno writing them all and directing most.
1: But that's their only connection.
0: That's their only connection. Okay. Shin Ultraman is not a sequel to Shin Godzilla. And here's why. If it takes place a couple years after Shin Godzilla, um, who said that? <laughs> Nobody said that. It, it was never released anywhere that it was a <laughs> sequel. Okay. Nobody says that. All right. Let's just say it does take place a couple years after Shin Godzilla. Spoilers for Shin Godzilla here. If you don't want spoilers, then uh, I apologize. But at the end of the movie, Godzilla freezes and will unfreeze. Eventually. In two years. Because that's what they two say. Years? Yeah, at the end of oh. the movie. They're like, he's going to unfreeze in two years, basically, because of his, his half life of two years oh. or whatever. And that's not going to be good. So we're going to have to figure out what we're going to do in the meantime. If Shin Ultraman takes place a couple years later... Where the heck is Shin Godzilla? <laughs> Where the heck is Godzilla? They just what just happened? Did they just deal with it? Why would we just gloss over the fact that like, oh yeah, we dealt with Godzilla. Okay? No, that just doesn't make sense. If it takes place a couple years later, why are they so surprised by all these other kaiju and needing to create the SSP for them? Wouldn't they have already done that based on just yeah. Shin Godzilla? Like in case anybody else shows up. Okay? It
1: doesn't make any sense to be a sequel.
0: No, it just, it doesn't work. Okay, you're telling me, okay, that Gomez appears and everybody is like oh my gosh kaiju exists.
1: <gasps> like oh they just
0: forgot that the a couple years ago devastation
1: of yeah, tokyo yeah
0: they forgot that a radioactive pokemon <laughs> yeah, pokemon <laughs> um made them evacuate their homes and leave tokyo because another nuclear bomb was probably going to be dropped on the city okay what? Yeah. You, they forgot about that? No, okay. You know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay.
1: No, it just slipped their minds.
0: It slipped their minds. It's like, oh, shoot. Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, it's yeah. not a sequel to Shin Godzilla, okay? Stop saying it is. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You feel very passionate <laughs> about this. <sighs> in case you're curious, the other movies in the Shin Japan Heroes universe is, is is one, Sh- other one. Shin Godzilla, Shin Evangelion. Or Evangelion 3.0 oh. plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. And now Shin Ultraman and Shin Kamen Rider coming out in March. So there you go. And probably more, but some other time. Uh, anyway, comparing this with Shin Godzilla, which feels weird to do because they're completely different.
1: They both share the name Shin.
0: Yeah. But they both accomplish what their original wanted to accomplish. So Shin Godzilla is dark and serious because the original was dark and serious. And Shin Ultraman is... Lighthearted. Fun and lighthearted while still conveying the messages about hope and everything. Mm -hmm. Like the original show was. The characters are also really different because... Well, it's for Shin Godzilla.
1: Like, they're...
0: They're not fleshed out characters... Yeah. ...like Iron Man or Captain America, right? Yeah, yeah. We we don't spend time with their home lives or romantic situations, and I applaud him for that because we don't need to spend time with that. I'm not dissing Iron Man and Captain America, by the way. I really like uh, those movies, but I'm just saying, you know, it's something different and it was for a different message. And in Shin Ultraman, they feel more like individual characters... Shin Godzilla and Shin Ultraman is a great duology. Is that the right word? They complement each other so well because...
1: They're very different.
0: They're very different, but also they feel like similar styles. Like, you can definitely tell in similarities. But like, oh, they're both written by Anno. Yeah. And like, oh, there's their style of governments walking through the hall and they're talking about that and all, yes. all that stuff. Messaging
1: but style, not at all the same. Like, no, the message is not, but... I know,
0: and that's the really cool thing. That's what I, Here's what I'll say about that is Shin Godzilla is about what happens when the government can't come to a decision. And they can't do anything. They're dealing with one singular problem. And because they can't come to a decision, that problem gets worse and worse and worse until and they worse. <laughs> yeah, and worse and worse. <laughs> and worse. Until they almost are, get a
1: bomb dropped on them. <laughs> yeah.
0: But until they eventually handle the situation. Whereas Shin Godzilla, and this is also speaking to the episodic format, fast pace, Shin Godzilla's about what happens when they can actually you get mean, together and get stuff done. <laughs>
1: Uh, you you mean Shin Ultraman? <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: yeah. Uh, did I say Shin Godzilla?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, you know what? Yeah. Too many shins. Uh, anyway, get all mixed up. <laughs> Shin Ultraman is about what happened when uh, the government gets together, mainly just the Science Patrol, because we've also are watching the government being competent in their decisions in this movie as well, like in Shin Godzilla. But Shin Ultraman, the Science Patrol are able to get things done and get together. And figure yeah. out the problem and handle it, and that's how they just move from one problem to the next problem to the next problem to the next problem. Yeah. And that's that's how they handle that in that contrast to Shin Godzilla, which I think is really well done. Also, part of the messages is Godzilla is about showing the horrors and disappointments and downfalls of humanity, and yeah. saying get better. And Ultraman Ultramans. is about showing humanity a good that we can strive towards. Yeah.
1: Giving like hope.
0: Giving hope. Yeah.
1: Godzilla's like you. You guys suck. And yeah. Ultraman's like, you guys can do better. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's hope and despair. Something yeah. Anno is great, great at at writing. Just, I want to say, if you haven't watched Evangelion, do it. Okay?
1: Right now. Right now. Right, pause Pause the podcast yeah. and turn on your TV and, and watch it. Just. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just go home. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at work, start the show. Yeah. Okay? Watch the two movies and then watch the rebuilds. Yes. That's all we gotta do. So good. Anyway, let's get into some of our favorite parts of this movie. All right. So, do you have a favorite English dub actor?
1: Well, um, I think it. I think it was the captain. Was it him?
0: The captain. That, like
1: in that one scene, he was standing by the window with oh, his coffee that was cup. Good. That was a good scene. That was like, good. Like the the dub actor actually worked to have his voice. Line up with the like yeah, laughter. That was cool. That was that was cool. cool. <laughs> like he laughed, and it lined up perfectly. And I was like, yeah. "That just that just gave me respect for that for that dub yeah. actor." It
0: like felt very genuine. Like yeah, in ways that sorry if you like dubs, many dubs Dumb. aren't. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. No. I think my favorite dub was either creepy Jack Black as Zerub, oh, yes, or the chief character. Yeah. Just the Chief is such a funny character. Hey, he's not into that much, but...
1: The scenes he's in count.
0: And like the dubbing, the dub... Okay, here's the thing. The dub actor does not fit the age of the Chief. The Chief <laughs> is a lot older than... He's not super old, but like he's older there's than a, everybody there's else. There's an age gap. Yeah, but I can tell that he's not that old. And it's not a very good dubbing either. <laughs> but I just loved it so much. It's just much. funny. It was so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of actors and characters, and since we're on the topic of the SSSP, who was your favorite SSSP member?
1: Um, I might have to say Asmi, because I thought she was just hilarious. She was. Although-
0: Let's get some spirit! And then just grabs her butt. (laughs)
1: Like, Like, what (laughs) was that? That was
0: awesome. It was so weird. It was so weird, but it was so perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And then I, doing that to everybody yeah. else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> hyping up, hyping like up she, Kaminaga his fight. Yeah. Get some spirit. Yeah. 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 That's good.
0: <laughs> yeah. It
1: was just hilarious.
0: She's also a good character because that's also our eyes into the operations of what we're seeing mostly, you know? Yeah. How we view it. Mm. And on top of her saying the most relatable line of dialogue in yeah. all of history. Uh Okay, my favorite is the chief again.
1: <laughs> you just love the chief. I Love the chief.
0: But oh, such a good scene is when they're in like the the shipping container, or whatever, mm-hmm. studying awesomes. They're doing um, science. They're doing things science to things. Her giant. And he and he's he was like, oh, it's just like Gulliver's Travels. And yeah. then the captain turns around. He's like, you're too old. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh gosh. Oh, and, so the, funny. the chief was like so proud of his. Reference and yeah. then he just looks so sad. Aww. Oh, so good. Poor guy. I, I it.
1: got your reference. It's I get okay, it. buddy. I I
0: I I I did. I understood the reference. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, yes. Who's your favorite Ultra Q monster to show up at the beginning of the movie?
1: I might have to say Gomez. He's like so classic. It's true. To the show, yeah. and I just thought it was like perfect. And also, Gomez was when I realized that. They were doing an Ultra-Q intro, and I was so happy. <laughs> was I was so, so awesome. happy to know that.
0: Also, it was cool because uh, Gomez was reused out of a Godzilla suit. Yeah, Avengers I series. could tell. So they reused the model for Shin Godzilla for Gomez. I <laughs> could tell. I was, yeah, I was going to say that, <laughs> that, cool. that I
1: liked how it looked like Shin Godzilla. Yeah, it Literally, was pretty Literally, cool. it was so beautiful.
0: Awesome. My favorite Ultra-Q monster to show up was Pegula. The, the,
1: He's so beautiful.
0: The guy who can freeze things. Yeah. They kept his derpy eyes. <laughs> 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 and I loved it so. It made much. me happy. Also, for some reason, just the shot of him roaring in the snow city and flapping his wings.
1: Yeah.
0: I. It looks so cool.
1: It does.
0: <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. What's your favorite Segi Su song? So.
1: Okay.
0: Like the yeah the ones that are his really that are like vocal songs yeah the ones yeah, with lyrics yeah
1: yeah. Okay this is a no-brainer for me an out of body state when it when it plays <laughs> so when it plays in the fight with Ultraman and Nephious it's just yeah. so perfect so good. And when I went into the the theater, I hadn't heard the like techie version where yeah, they I mean, had like neither. the remix and I was like <laughs> so excited it was yeah. it, and it just fit the fight so perfectly it, did. it was so epic
0: or when, when he uh, if at first you don't succeed one of my least favorite sayings.
1: Yeah. And then And the then drums it starts. Hit, like, Ooh, oh, boy. It just gets you hyped up it more does. for the fight.
0: It does. And that's the thing about all of those songs is they just they get you excited. Yeah. And that's why my favorite is Is Humanity to Die, mm-hmm. the song that plays when Ultraman goes to fight Zetton the second time.
1: Oh, that um, is such a good song.
0: It starts as such a, a hype superhero track. Mm. You know, and we we get to see the transformation of him. You know, yeah. punching towards the camera. Finally,
1: the classic oh, transformation. So good,
0: so good. And then when he enters the the plank brain, you know the and the, he's flying yeah. away from the black hole. It's just it it hits a new level of yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh. Also, I love that he Ultraman looked like. The miniature just yeah. they just took the miniature and just moved wiggled, him around moved the screen him around, which is what they didn't the, do in the original series yeah Not for that scene because that scene doesn't exist in the original series but
1: yeah but things, it looks like something that it looks would like be. that would yeah, yeah.
0: the whole Zeton thing i just felt was like that he's an angel <laughs>
1: yeah i mean his positioning <laughs> he, looks,
0: he seems like an angel to me this, like, this feels like the an sounds he fight.
1: should be making shouldn't be his roar it should be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's descending onto Earth.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is humanity to die? This feels weird saying after that title, but it makes yeah. me feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I that I was contradictory. <laughs> it, it's just so awesome. So awesome. Yeah. What was your favorite fight scene?
1: Okay. So my favorite fight scene, it had to be Ultraman versus Mephilus. Again, the music was just <laughs> too to perfect. <laughs> it was just too perfect. So awesome. It was just... Oh, yes. And even though it did have, like, the least, like, visual money. effects and money towards it, yeah, it's it was, fine. Yeah, yeah, people, it was p- fine. People were mad about that, but...
0: I don't think there's anything to be mad about. Yeah, <laughs> It's whatever.
1: Yeah. It, still it was looks, still so epic still and awesome. it still looks amazing. So... Yeah. I just thought it was amazing. And I loved the part when... Mephilus was just like yeah no I'm out because he's terrified of Sophie. <laughs> <Yeah>, so <awesome. laughs> it was just so perfect
0: I love that he just was like enough of this I'm leaving yeah like he does in the original yeah. series it's they're so fighting perfect. and it's like alright this is pointless <laughs> I'll be back but he didn't yeah. say I'll be back and Chanel alterman he's like I'm never coming back <laughs> yeah Earth is doomed
1: yeah. <laughs> to Sophie.
0: picking my favorite fight scene was hard was so difficult because they're all awesome and I wanted to pick Mephilus, but I also wanted to pick Zera because of the Ultraman theme playing. Yeah. But honestly, I think I'm gonna go with Gabora.
1: Oh It yeah. was so
0: awesome because I love the Ultraman versus the the kaiju. You know, mm-hmm. it was so classic. And then also they reused the classic music. I love that it starts with Ultraman flying backwards towards the ground, (gasps) spinning and kicking Gabor so hard in the face he's launched against a mountain. Yeah, it's just
1: priceless, like, beautiful.
0: And like I said earlier, when the spiral drill is going on and Ultraman is moving around, it's so good. Mm -hmm. I love the music in that scene. And how he, again, just all he needed to do was get Gabor in a position where the drill wasn't around his head so he could just punch him once and kill him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. got two more favorites first one I'll ask you is what's your favorite scene
1: my favorite scene yeah okay this one was a hard one I don't know if I would say it's my favorite scene but I would say it's one that was just so beautiful and that's the one with Ultraman or Lipia and Zophy when they're in the orb and they're talking and it's just shot for shot yeah and uh, and I love how it's literally the exact same thing from the show Basically. 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 Except slightly except different. Except Zophie's evil, kind of, not evil, but. No,
0: he's like, he, he's like, actually, you know what? Maybe <laughs> I was wrong to yeah. just jump to immediately killing off humanity. Yeah. Maybe let's wait a bit, see how things go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good scene. My favorite scene. I don't, okay. Again, this is the classic. What's your favorite? And then responding with, well, I don't know if it's my favorite. So I'll do that again. <laughs> I don't know if it's my favorite, but a scene that I love so much so much is when Mephilus is talking to Ultraman and he's explaining what's going on and that's the moment where it clicks and the episode's kind of like oh my gosh they make sense now you Mm -hmm. know and he's just going ham on the swing (laughs) (laughs) he's just just going for that swing swing. and then he's like you know what I'm getting bored of swinging sitting down so he stands Mm -hmm. up goes backwards and keeps swinging on the swing (laughs) And then they go to a bar after, and it reminds me of the, the Unmarked Cafe episode yeah, yeah. of Ultraman Orb. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Oh, it's yeah. so good. All right, so that's one of my favorite scenes. Ha! <laughs> there you go. One of my favorite scenes. Yes. One of my favorite sayings.
1: Oh! <laughs> I'm so happy. Yes. Uh. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> Okay. All right. What was your favorite episode or segment, villain segment of the movie?
1: Well, m- Mephilus. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's got to be Mephilus, <laughs> okay, right? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. So it good. just has to be. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I just, like you explained, it pulled everything together. and it, it did. it made everything connected. And it was just so perfect.
0: How he's like explaining the ultra Q monsters at the beginning of the movie were brought by the humans. But I actually sent the newest kaiju, yeah, which is Pegos, Nerong, and Gabora, who they actually state in the movie, like, why do they look so similar? Yeah. And they have similar parts, that's weird. And it's because they're all made or sent by the same guy. Yeah. And they picked those three monsters because in the original series, those three monsters were all made from the Baragon suit. Oh, <laughs> and that's I didn't why know they have that. like similar parts, and that's oh why they chose them. That's amazing. So that was pretty cool. And then he's like, yeah, and I used things that I found on uh, Earth, including I used Zerub, you know, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, to make humans feel this way, and now it's my my time to come in and give them beta boxes and yeah. take over the world. But he's like, I hate violence the whole time, <laughs> which is so awesome because in the end he's like, I hate violence, but I'm going to go beat the crap out of you, Ultraman. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what he does in the original show. Yeah. Although, uh, unfortunately...
1: He doesn't he, kidnap a child.
0: <laughs> he doesn't kidnap a child.
1: And ask for Earth.
0: <laughs> yeah, from the child.
1: Okay, <laughs> if yeah. you're ever thinking about taking over Earth, just find a child and ask them, "Can I take over Earth?" If you, they give you the go-ahead, then you you're, you're golden. golden.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're golden. You're set. <laughs> yeah, I love how ominous all the music that plays is. What I'm gonna talk about here is when Mephilus is first introduced, and they're like, "What do you What are you doing?" And he's like, "Let's Let's go outside." Basically, you know. He snaps his fingers and that violent violin yeah. just hits when the beta box appears. I'm like, oh boy, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah. The music was a big part of why it's my favorite Definitely. segment. Literally my favorite. He was my favorite Zegasoo villain too in the movie. Is in that segment. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and your favorite fight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That whole segment I just loved so much.
0: I also feel like that's kind of the time we get to spend the most with other stuff happening. Yeah. Like Naga trying to get the team together to figure out how to find the beta box and everything. Yeah. Just very awesome stuff. Overall, Mephiles felt very calculated when he's um, mm-hmm. explaining his plans. It didn't feel like a typical villain monologue. I mean, it was... But it felt different. Yeah. You Even know?
1: though it like was basically the typical, it didn't feel like it was. Yeah,
0: it it felt new <laughs> and very convincing. I, I I loved it. Yeah. And I love that when uh, he's talking to Ultraman at the bar, he's like, Ultraman, uh, here's what's going on. Here's my plan. going to take over Earth. That's fine with you. But if not, just step aside or you can work for me because you're basically already working for me because all of my plans have involved yeah. you making the humans feel powerless. Uh, and Ultraman's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and Mephilus wasn't really mad about it. He's like, "All right, well, that's fine. Uh, then I guess I won't be paying for your lunch." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Let's split the bill." What would you rate Shin Ultraman out of five? Because that's what Letterbox lets you do.
1: Um, four. I think. I, yeah. f- I think four is solid. Because if I compare it to other five star movies, like I'd say it's a four. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Solid.
0: Yeah. I think I'll give it a four point five. Yeah. Just because I think what it's set out to do was accomplished almost perfectly. Again, I say I don't have a problem with the fast pacing, but I do recognize that it maybe could have been, I don't know, even like just 10 minutes longer yeah. to have some of the other stuff fleshed out a little bit more. All right. Well, uh, I think this takes us to the end of the episode. Thanks for tuning in to listen about Shin Ultraman. If you have seen it, then... That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't, I hope this... Encourages in- you to watch it. Yeah, encourages you to go see it when it comes out on Blu-ray. Because yeah. it's not in <laughs> theaters anymore. Um, wait for the Blu-ray. Wait for the Blu-ray. And farewell, Ultraman. One of my favorite sayings.